You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So glad all of you are with us today as we're wrapping up this teaching series that we've been in for the past few weeks called Open. We've been talking about who the Holy Spirit is and his work in our lives. Now, let me just acknowledge right up front that we have people here from all different backgrounds and places. Some of you are new to our church. Maybe you're not even quite sure what you believe about the Holy Spirit. Some of you maybe grew up in a church where you didn't talk about the Holy Spirit much. Some of you, maybe you had the opposite experience. But, but here's the idea. God has revealed himself uh, as a trinity, right? As Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we believe that the Holy Spirit is the, the, the person of God who's active and working in this world, working in our lives. If you're a follower of Jesus, when you place your faith in Jesus, you don't just receive Jesus, you receive the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the question that we're after is, are you open to how the Holy Spirit wants to work in and through your life. That's what this series has been about. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been good. We've been learning a lot. Um, so let me just put that, that thought on hold for just a minute. Let me open by asking you guys this question. How many of you are looking forward to some vacation time this summer? Anybody ready for vacation? My hand's up. I'm kind of tired. I'm ready for summer vacation, especially on a beautiful, sunshiny day like today. I think some church members snuck out and went on vacation today. <laughs> so I hope you're enjoying your tan if you're watching us online from the beach. But, you know, I, I think we could all use a vacation. But how many of you know that, that vacation mode is completely different than work mode? How many of you know this is true? Like when, during the work week, some of you, you have your routine. You get up early, you get your cup of coffee. Can I get an amen for coffee to help us all function as human beings? You get your coffee, you, you get dressed if you're going into the office, like you get in the zone. I know we're not commuting as much these days with COVID, but some of you are going back to the office. Some of you, when you used to go on that commute every day, you would get on that train into Grand Central. You're a typical New Yorker. If somebody got in your way, you were gonna trample somebody. Let's be honest. You were, you were driving on the 95 on your way in to the office, weaving in and out like a race car driver in the Indianapolis 500. You know, and then you get to work and you're in the zone, right? You're texting and you're emailing and you're Zooming, like that's work mode, right? But on vacation mode, you're like a totally different person. You sleep in, you wake up, you're, you're not a hurried rush New Yorker. You're, you're relaxed. You're so easy to get along with. You're, you're laid back. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? Do you want to go to the pool today? I don't know. Maybe. Do you want to go to the beach today? I don't know. Maybe. Should we feed the kids today? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that gets a complete different mode. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's just a different, it's a different mindset because on, on vacation mode, you can be relaxed, but during the work week, you're on a mission. You're, you're focused to get the job done. Here's the idea, church. You can put this in your notes. We operate differently when we, when we have a sense of mission. We operate differently when we have a sense of mission. And, and some of us, we're going through life like we're in spiritual vacation mode. And I think God is saying to us, like, there's a mission. There's a purpose for your life. Like, I want to use you. I want to work through you. The point of being a Christian is not just to go to church every seven days and hear about, you know, the Holy Spirit. To hear about what God wants to do. Like, I want to work through your life. And so today, I want to end this series by talking about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to live on mission. 
Now let me begin by showing you a passage of scripture where Jesus describes his mission. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. It comes from Luke chapter 4, the gospel of Luke chapter 4. Let me just set this up for you. Jesus is in the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth, and they hand him the, the reading for the day. They hand him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah, and Jesus gets up to read. It's from Isaiah chapter 61. And, and the scripture he reads, it's a prophecy that foretold the ministry of the Messiah. Let's look at this. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Here's what Jesus read from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture, scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So Jesus gets up and reads this powerful passage from Isaiah that described what the ministry of the Messiah would look like. And Jesus looks at the people that day in the synagogue and he says to them, today, like in your very sight, in your hearing, the scripture has been fulfilled. Like talk about the ultimate mic drop. Like Jesus is like, yeah, this scripture, it's about me. Boom. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm the one that you've been praying for and, and hoping for. Jesus says the Holy Spirit has anointed me. The things that the Old Testament prophets said the Messiah would do, God has anointed me to, to do this. And how many of you know Jesus didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. He went out and showed it and proved it and did it. And so let me give you really quick for your notes today, three things that Jesus was anointed to do. Now when we talk about this word anointing, I know it's not a word that we think about a lot, to anoint in, in the biblical sense is to be divinely authorized. Think about being deputized, you know, like in law enforcement. It's to be divinely authorized to be appointed by God for some role. In the Old Testament, we would see like a, the prophets would anoint a king. They would literally pour oil on the king's head as a, as a sign that he was divinely appointed by God to be, to be king, to do the work that God called that person to do. So three things Jesus was anointed to do. Number one, Jesus was anointed to bring good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. Look at verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now, we might say, why, why the poor? Well, throughout Scripture, we see that God has a preference for the poor and the oppressed. Why? Because the poor and the press, uh, oppressed are the least likely to ever receive good news. They're the people who are usually at the back of the line. In God's kingdom, he says the people who wait at the back of the line, they get to move to the front of the line. They get to get good news first. That's God's heart. God's heart is for the oppressed and the broken. Another way of thinking about the poor is the spiritually poor, those who recognize their need for God. If you remember Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, the, the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. In a sense, Jesus was saying, blessed are those who are spiritually hungry, those who are dependent on God, those who, who recognize they have nothing in the spiritual bank. They don't bring anything to the occasion, but they need God. Those are the kind of people who can receive good news. How many of you know the Pharisees and the religious leaders couldn't receive good news because they were spiritually stuck up. They already thought they had everything they needed. And so it's the, those who are poor in spirit who can receive the good news. So Jesus goes to the poor. He goes to the, the marginalized, the, the oppressed, those who have been oppressed by the religious and political system, and he proclaims good news. 
He announces the coming of the kingdom of God, and he says, there's room for you. You may have been left out and forgotten by everybody else, but there's room for you in in my kingdom. How many of you know when you're in spiritual bankruptcy, when you're in spiritual default, and you receive the message that the Son of God has wiped away your sin debt, that sounds like good news. Your sins are forgiven. Like, you you don't owe anymore. That's, That's good news. Second of all, Jesus was anointed to set people free. Look at verse 18. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the oppressed will be set free. Jesus was anointed to bring freedom to people. What do we see Jesus do in the Gospels? He sets people free. He sets people free from from, uh, evil spirits. He sets people free from from their past, from the condemnation of of their past. In one story, we see Jesus interacts with a man named Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, who got rich, ripping people off, overcharging people for their taxes, and he was hated in his community. And Jesus meets him, and he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today to have dinner with you. He totally changes this guy's reputation, sets him free from, from his past. We see that Jesus sets people free from their social stigma. He sits down and he eats with sinners. Like he catches the attention of the religious elite because he sat down with sinners, with sketchy people, with people who had bad reputations in town, and he ate with them. He touched lepers. He touched the untouchable. He, he cleansed people who were social outcasts. What do we see all throughout the gospel? Jesus sets people free. And I'm just wondering today if somebody would help me in this sermon today to encourage somebody else. How many of you would say today you've experienced freedom in some way. Jesus set your life. Maybe he set you free from addiction. Maybe he set you free from your past. Maybe he set you free from bitterness. Yeah, hands going up all over the place. If you're new to church today and you're not even sure what you believe about this, there are people all around here in this place who have experienced freedom in Jesus. So Jesus was anointed to set people free. Here's the third thing. Jesus was anointed to heal the broken. Heal the broken. Look at verse 18. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released. Then he said this, that the blind will see. Now, some New Testament manuscripts and translations include this phrase from Isaiah. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I love that. Jesus says the spirit of God is upon me. He's anointed me to to open up blind eyes, to heal the brokenhearted. What do we see Jesus do all throughout the Gospels? We see Jesus healing people, right? He actually opens the eyes of the blind. He, he touches lepers who get cleansed. He raises people up from sickness. We, we see that Jesus is able to bring people healing physically, mentally, emotionally. Come on, how many of you know one of the greatest miracles that God can work in your life is to heal you from a broken heart? This is what we see that, that Jesus does in the Gospels, and we believe Jesus can do this today. How many of you, again, would help me today, help me preach today, help somebody today who needs to be encouraged? How many of you have experienced the healing touch of Jesus in some way in your life, maybe physically, maybe mentally? Put your hand up if that's you. Maybe emotionally, like God healed my broken emotions. He set me free from bitterness, un- unforgiveness. And so I want you to see, like, this is who Jesus is. This is what we believe Jesus can, can do. The Scripture says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, today and forever. Now, here's the point. Here's the point. The Messiah's ministry would be holistic, that he was able to meet every need. This is what the prophecies foretold, and Jesus said, like, this has come, you know, come to pass, fulfilled in my life, in my ministry. This is who Jesus was. This is who Jesus is today. Aren't you thankful that God cares about every aspect of your life? 
Aren't you thankful that God doesn't just care about your soul and you making it to heaven one day, but he cares about how you experience this life in the here and now, every aspect of your life. He cares about your soul, that's important. He cares about your heart, he cares about your body, he cares about your mind, he cares about your, your emotions. So Jesus did all of these things by the power of the Holy Spirit. What did he say? He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And Jesus can still do these things. But the main point of the message today, church, is this. He wants to do those things through you and me. Come on. It's not just about reading the stories in the Gospels and what Jesus did back then or just knowing that Jesus can do that today. But the point is that Jesus wants to do these things through you and me. Here's the idea. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do the things that Jesus called us to do. This is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is why we have taken five weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit working through us because I want you to understand that God wants to work through your life. Let me show you another scripture. Fast forward through the Gospels, okay, after all the the passage we just looked at. Later on, this is after Jesus' crucifixion, after his resurrection, Jesus appears to the disciples, the apostles, and they're hunkered down and they're scared because they watched Jesus get arrested and and get crucified. And so they're behind walls, great men of faith that they are, and, and they're hunkered down. And Jesus appears to them. Look at this, John chapter 20, verses 21 through 22. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus appears to his disciples and he says, look at this. He says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. As the Father anointed me with the Holy Spirit. As we looked at in this passage just a minute ago, he says, I'm anointing you with the same spirit, just like the Father sent me and and gave me the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor, to, to set people free, to heal people. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to go out and do the same thing. I'm anointing you with the Holy Spirit to do the things that I've called you to do. I'm sending you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Here's the idea. To be a Christian is to be sent. It's to be a, a, a sent one. Come on, we're, we're called to live on mission. You're not just called to go to church. You're not just called to have a, a, a Christian worship Spotify list on your phone. You're not just called to have, you know, Christian bumper stickers on your car. Like, this is about being sent in, into the world. There's a purpose for your life. There's, God has a mission for you. This is the, the planet is broken. The world is messed up. I don't know if y'all are watching the same news I'm watching, but people are hurting. And God is saying, like, I'm giving you my spirit. Let me help some of y'all who grew up in, in some churches where this got weird, too. He didn't say, I'm giving you the spirit so you could have a holy huddle every Sunday and just have a wonderful time enjoying the Holy Ghost. And, and nobody else outside of the church ever experiences the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit wasn't given for recreational purposes. I grew up in churches where it was recreational. Isn't this wonderful? Let's have the Holy Spirit. Let's fall on the floor. And we didn't ever change the world. No, the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all are going to yell, help me, Pastor. Help me have rehab today. Because some of y'all come from that side. Some of y'all grew up in churches where you never talked about the Holy Spirit. Then some of y'all grew up in churches where the Holy Spirit was recreational. It was fun for us, but the world was falling apart outside the doors. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit was given to you for for mission so you could do the things that God has has called you to do. You are anointed, divinely appointed, divinely appointed, uh, authorized and appointed by God to take the presence of God with you wherever you go, not just church on a Sunday morning, but into the workplace, 
into the office, into the classroom, into the hospital, in, in, into the clinic, on Wall Street, like wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. The presence of God is to go with you. And so I, I can confidently stand up here today as your pastor and say the spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor, to somebody who needs good news. The spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to help somebody experience freedom, to help somebody experience healing. Like this is what God wants for you. Not just to go to church every seven days and be a nice little good citizen, good Christian who pays their taxes and votes and all those wonderful things. No, no, no. God wants to work through your life. Let me help you apply this for a moment. Okay, God wants to use you to share his good news. You say, well, Pastor, what would that look like? You know, am I going to start preaching to people, you know, on the corner, like the guys in the subway who shout with the megaphone? Don't do that. Don't, don't, I'll, I'll spiritually slap you. I'll have to discipline you as a pastor if you do that. It'll be a spiritual slap. Come here, let me, don't do that, okay? Those people aren't representing Jesus very well. Just share the good, it's supposed to be good news. It's not supposed to sound like condemnation. It's supposed to sound like good news. So you are anointed, God wants to actually work through you to point people to Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Jeremy, like, what if I don't know all the scriptures? Can you just remember John 3, 16? Remember that one, like the most famous scripture in all the Bible? For God so loved the world, didn't hate the world, right? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Can you remember that one? People hang it up, you know, like at football games. I think we can remember that one. Just use that one if nothing else. God loves you. He sent his son for you, not to condemn you, but to save you. If you place your faith in him, like that's a really great place to start. Let me just tell you, the best sermon you could ever preach is to tell someone your story. Let me just help you today. If you're not sure where to start, okay, just tell somebody your story, what your life looked like before, what your life looks like now, how God is still working in you, how you need his grace every day. Well, Pastor Jeremy, what if they ask me a really hard question? It's okay. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to. I learned a long time ago, it's not my job to force anybody's heart open. It's the job of the Holy Spirit. I was talking about Jesus with somebody just this weekend. And I was talking to somebody about Jesus, and, and they were telling me, Pastor, I think Jesus was the man. I think he was wonderful. I believe, you know, he worked miracles, did all those things. I'm still just trying to figure out that part about salvation, if he's really my, my, my Savior. And you know what? I didn't feel compelled to go point by point, theological, point by point, doctrine by doctrine, to convince this person. You know what I told them? Because we were having a great talk, and I could sense from the Holy Spirit they were open. I just said, well, let me just tell you what convinces me as a pastor. Because I have my days where I have questions, and I could sit here and talk to you about all the doctrinal things that I learned in seminary that are wonderful, but here's what convinces me, changed lives. As I pastor and I see people's lives changed, I see people healed, I see people set free, like I've seen God's work in people's lives, and, and I just told this person, that's what convinces me as a pastor, that's the thing that keeps me believing. And, and this person looked at me, and she was like, yeah, okay, like, I'm going to think about that. So it's just the good news. It's the good news. God wants to use you to point people to Jesus. You don't have to preach at people. You don't have to have it all figured out. Now, listen, the more you learn of God's word, the more it's going to help you. You know, the more you do reflect on scripture and start connecting the dots, you know, hang in there. You're growing. You're getting there. You know, five years from now, you're going to be even better prepared than you are right now. But the Holy Spirit wants to work through you right now. 
And the best sermon you could ever preach is your story. God wants to use you to help people experience freedom, freedom from addiction, freedom from loneliness, freedom from the past, freedom from abusive situations. You know, this is one of the things that I love about our life groups. You know, we have groups of people here who are doing life together, people who meet during the week online and and in person and You know, we have opportunities on Sunday mornings to see each other and visit, but there's something wonderful about making time during the week to be in a life group. And, and, you know, you may get involved in a life group, and don't be surprised when you find somebody who's going through something in life that you've been through before. You know, maybe you went through sickness, you, 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 uh, you've experienced cancer, and, and God brought you through that, and you've been healed. Or maybe um, you've been through bankruptcy, financial problems, or, or, or divorce. Don't be surprised when you connect with somebody in a life group who still needs to experience freedom in the area where God sets you free, and God can use your story. God can use your testimony. He can work through you to help that person find freedom. And... And it, and it may be praying for them. It may be a moment where the Holy Spirit touches them in a life group or after church. Or maybe you're on a team together and you just stop and, and pray. But it may be you helping them find a Christian therapist. It might say, well, you know, I have a wonderful Christian counselor who helped me. I do that. Listen, we practice what we preach. Amy and I, we invest in our marriage. She would send me to counseling if we didn't go together. <laughs> we invest in our marriage. And guess what? It's helped us find freedom and healing. So what do you think we do? We encourage other people. If we go, we're going to encourage you to go. I'll put you in touch with my counselor. It may be that. It may be uh, helping somebody find um, an addiction recovery group. God wants to use you. It may be just setting somebody free from loneliness. You feel lonely? Just come on in. Just get into my life group. We'll just treat you like you've been here forever. Just get on my team. You can be in guest services. You can be on the kids' team. Come on. We're going to put a T-shirt on you. You're going to feel at home. This is not a church, by the way, if you're new to our church, where you have to sit in the, in the rows there and be anonymous for like years to come. Come on. Let, just come in, just drop my name at the front door, tell them you came with me, and act like you've been here forever, okay? But God wants to work through you to bring freedom through people. Here's the other thing. God wants to use you to help bring healing to people. And some of you say, okay, Pastor, I mean, now how can I do that? All right, share the good news. I could do that. You know, help somebody find freedom. Maybe. But healing, that's for like the really spiritual people. That's like the spiritually elite, like the miracle workers. How, how could I be used to do that? No, no, no. This is something that Jesus wants for his followers. This is something that he's anointed us to do. This is something we see like Jesus' followers just doing all throughout scripture. And I really think this is a job that he's given us to do. So first of all, we can all pray. We can all pray. And if you're not sure, how, how, what would that look like? Do how, you know, how would that look like to pray for somebody who needs healing? Simply just to speak healing over them. I speak healing over you in Jesus' name. Whatever the need is, whatever the sickness is, whatever your physical ailment is, whatever the mental ailment is, whatever you're going through, your emotional broken heart, I speak healing over you in Jesus' name. Jesus, we believe you can heal. What if I pray for somebody, pastor? What if I'm in life group? Or what if I'm serving on a team? Or what if I meet somebody, when my friend after church, and we're hanging out talking, and they need prayer? What if I pray for them, and they don't get healed? Let me help you. It's God's job to heal. It's your job to pray and trust. It's God's job to heal. Okay? Yeah. So... If you come up to me for prayer after service, we're going to have prayer today. I'm not going to pray, oh, Lord, if it be your will, if you're up there somewhere, if you're not too busy and you have room in your schedule and you feel like it, would you heal this person? Please, if I'm ever sick, don't pray a sissy prayer like that for me, okay? I don't want to die because you prayed a little wussy prayer like that for me. <laughs> no, no, no. 
It's our job to pray. It's our job to trust. It's our job to have faith. It's God's job to heal. I want to activate you today. I want to help you. This is, we're going to be practical today. So when you pray for someone, you don't worry about all that. Don't focus on the doubt. What if they don't get healed? No, no. Lord, everywhere I see in Scripture, Jesus, you were willing to heal. Anybody ever read anywhere in the Gospels where somebody came to Jesus for healing and he's like, no, I'm too busy. I'm not in the mood. I'm kind of, I have other things going on. I'm not really available. I'm not into that. He healed people. That's God's heart, okay? Now, I don't believe in miracles on demand. We know we live in a fallen world. Um, we're, you know, we're all going to die one day. Like, until Jesus comes back and fully brings a new heavens and a new earth, we are going to lose people. But between now and then, it's my job to pray for people and believe that God's going to heal and trust him with the results. So, the whole point of this, this series is, is not for you just to know about the Holy Spirit, but to experience him working through you. Experience him working through your life. We don't want to just walk away from this after five weeks. Okay, I learned a lot about the Holy Spirit in theory, how he can use me. No, no, no. We want to, we want to step out and see God working through us. So let me just leave you with two really practical ideas. that This is going to help you put this message into practice. How many of you like practical messages, like you know what to do with it when you heard it? Let me give you two things to put in your notes today. Open up the Redemption app. If you don't have it, we have an app. There's a spot where you can put notes every week. Two practical applications for being used by the Holy Spirit. And these aren't going to be weird. They're going to just be like just simple things you can do. Number one, be ready to step out in faith. Number one, be ready to step out in faith. You want to get your heart prepared. Okay, God, I want you to use me. Holy Spirit, I'm open to you, but it's not just passive. It's active. I have to be ready. If I'm going to be open to you, I have to be ready to step out in faith. Let me show you a scripture about the apostles. In Mark chapter 16, Verse 20, this is about the disciples, how God used them, how Jesus used them. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them. First of all, that's encouraging. The Lord was working with them. They weren't by themselves. They weren't doing it because they were talented, because they had all the answers, because they had all the theological problems the world solved. The Lord was working with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed, by people being set free and healed and receiving the good news, all the things we've talked about today. Did you notice that the signs that followed? Here's the problem for us, guys. Here's the problem this morning, church. We often want God to give us a sign before he uses us, right? Like, God, I want you to use my life. I've heard the pastors for the past few weeks talk about how the Holy Spirit could, could work through me. And wouldn't that be wonderful, God, if you use me to bring healing to someone, to encourage somebody, to help somebody find a relationship with Jesus. But God, would you just give me a sign that if I step out to be used by you, you're going to show up. If I invite that person to church, they're going to say yes. If I pray for this person, they're going to get healed. If I step out to give in the offering, you're going to provide for me financially. Like, we want the sign before. But signs often follow faith. Did you notice that the signs followed them as the disciples stepped out to do what Jesus called them to do? The breakthroughs, the miracles followed after faith. And I can just tell you, this has been the pattern my whole life. You know, my whole ministry has been a series of steps of faith. I've said it before. You know, I, I didn't always have it all figured out. I just kept taking the next step of faith. And all throughout my ministry, God has, has just has given me uh, the, the strength to take steps of faith. And then the miracles have followed. I, I think, about, think back about one of uh, me and Amy's first big steps of faith uh, when we were just starting out in ministry. 
After Bible college in Texas, we moved back to my hometown, to the New Orleans area. My dad's a pastor. We were pastoring with my dad, and I was a full-time school teacher. I was in the best school district in the state of Louisiana, and after a couple years teaching, we were really involved, and I was, uh, you know, I was helping in the youth ministry and, and doing all kinds of stuff, teaching Sunday school, even playing a little drums back then, and, and Amy was serving in the church, and and I really felt like God was calling us to step out and to go into full-time ministry. And I had a pretty good teaching job. Now, teachers don't make a whole lot of money down south, but I can promise you, going to work for my dad, that was a vow of poverty. That was like nothing. That was a huge step of faith. And so I prayed about it, you know, for months, and then I stepped out in faith. I'll never forget quitting my teaching job and, and stepping out in faith to trust my dad, and wouldn't you know it, in the summer of 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans and turned our lives upside down. Like, okay, Lord, what are you doing here? Because I just stepped out and put everything on the line to, to follow you, to, to follow this calling. Hurricane Katrina hit, our church was upside down, our people were scattered. We didn't even know if we were gonna have a church. It was crazy. And I remember we came back, we had evacuated to Texas and stayed with some friends. I remember when we first came back to the area where my parents were pastoring in, in suburban New Orleans, it looked like a war zone. I mean, uh, we didn't have, like, our church wasn't flooded with water, but we had trees down on people's houses, and it was crazy. We just did outreach for like a month long. Just, it was like a mission strip in our own backyard. It was crazy. But we didn't know, like, are people going to come back? Like, here I am, Lord, I just took this financial leap of faith. And then in that same season of life, we found out we were pregnant. Surprise, Amy couldn't keep her hands off of me and we went and got pregnant and we didn't have health insurance. <laughs> yeah, it's her fault. She has her version of the story. So here we were, you know, we had taken a leap of faith financially. We didn't have health insurance yet. We were still trying to figure that out and now we're pregnant. Well, here's the crazy thing, okay? And this is, this is early on, like one of my first big leaps of faith that seems like it's backfiring. And Here's the crazy thing. So at that time, my, my dad's church is in the Assemblies of God Church. That was our denomination. Well, people from all over the country were hearing about the devastation in, in New Orleans, and they began opening their hearts and their wallets. And so we get this message from our denominational leaders. Hey, we have money coming in, and here's what we want to do to help you out. We want to pay your salary for the next year. Enough money has come in to pay your salary for the next year. Let me just say, yeah, that's one part of the testimony, but here's the good thing. The salary we got from our denomination was higher than the salary my dad could afford to pay me before Hurricane Katrina. I got a pay raise out of a hurricane. One day that is going to be a chapter in one of my books, pay raise out of a hurricane. And then we applied for this government program for insurance. This was before Obamacare. And, and uh, it was crazy because on paper we didn't really qualify for this program. But one of our friends said, just put in for it. You never know what's going to happen. And we did. And we got insurance coverage. And we were able to have our first baby, our grown-up big boy, Aaron, over there on the camera today. He was covered. We didn't have to put him on a credit card to have him at the hospital. And so... We don't even know how that happened. We really, to this day, like mathematically, we shouldn't have qualified for that program, but God took care of us. Let me just encourage you today, church. You, you got to step out in, in, in faith. Many of us have never experienced a miracle because we've never stepped out in faith to do anything that if God didn't show up, we would be in trouble. At some point in time, you got to step out in faith and, and trust God. Pray for that person. Invite that person to church. Let God use you to be the person who brings healing to that person, who speaks words of healing. Be a giver. Serve. Step out in some way. Nothing will get you dependent on the Holy Spirit like stepping out in faith. If you want God to move in your life, sometimes you got to move. 
You gotta move. You gotta be willing to step out in faith. Can I just give you some really practical ideas to stir up the gift on the inside of you? Maybe you're new to, newer to our church. And you're like, well, what would that look like? Why don't I, let me just encourage you. Why don't you get signed up to serve for Serve Day coming up on July 10th? Watch what happens when you get out and you serve other people. You never know who you're gonna meet. Somebody you might meet might just... You might just be the person God's sending into their life that day to serve them and show them what Jesus looks like. Sign up for Serve Day. Get on a team here. If you're not serving regularly on a team, all these wonderful people who serve you every Sunday, who greet you in guest services, who love on kids in kids' ministry, who serve behind the scenes in production, our worship team. Now, don't try out for the worship team if you can't sing. If you can sing, try out. But if you can't, just saying. Disclaimer. But find a place to serve and watch how God uses your life. Maybe sign up for growth track today. Maybe you're new to our church and you're like, okay, like I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. I want God to use my life. Step out of faith. Get connected. See how God begins to use you. Maybe it's praying for someone. Maybe today it's coming at the end of this service to be prayed over by our team that the Holy Spirit would work through your life for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life. So number one, practical Practical application is be ready to step out of faith. Number two, be open to divine appointments. Be open to divine appointments. Don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit interrupts your schedule to use your life. I'll tell you this story really quick. I know I'm running out of time. I haven't told this story in a few years, so it's new to some of you. But back when Amy and I were making plans to move down to Westchester from from, uh, Buffalo, from Western New York, where we had been pastors for six years, we spent a year like traveling down. And in 2013, um, we decided to come to Westchester, and we had this idea, hey, let's interview people on the street and kind of get to know Westchester better and, and find out what some of the needs are. So we brought down, uh, I call them kids. They were probably grown-ups by then, but some of our, uh, some of the young people who had come up through our youth ministry, and I had my friend Mike, who was a cameraman, and we ended up in downtown White Plains at the Starbucks in downtown White Plains, right where the fountains are across from the Ritz-Carlton by City Center, if you know the spot. And we decided, let's get Starbucks gift cards, and we're going to bribe people. If they'll give us five minutes on camera to do an interview, their coffee's on us. So it was a great idea. It actually worked out good. This one couple came by, and we were asking simple questions like, um, you know, what, tell us about Westchester. What are some of the needs of Westchester? How could a church make a difference here? Just getting to know people. And there was this guy sitting there watching us the whole time who just seemed really interested in what we were doing. And uh, when we were done interviewing this couple, he said, hey, what are you guys doing? Are you filming a TV show? He thought we were doing a TV show. And I was like, no, actually, we're pastors. We're moving here to plant a church, to start a church. And he goes, oh, wow, that's interesting. We started talking a little bit, and a little while later, he, he asked me again, so really, like, you're going you're gonna to start a church? You're really coming here to start a church? I'm like, yeah, we're coming to start a church. And he told me he was Jewish. His mom lived in the building across the street, and we were hanging out. And, and uh, this guy was, was really funny. I mean, he was cracking all kinds of jokes. And then he asked me again a third time. Like, he was just so intrigued by this whole thing. Um, and I'm just talking with him. He's petting his dog there. We're kind of cutting up and, and telling each other jokes. And he asked me a third time. He's like, so you're really going to move here to start a church? And I'm like, yeah, man, I am moving my family in a few months, and we're going to start a church. And then he looked at me and he said, because I'm really looking for something right now. And he started weeping, just busted wide open and told me, I'm in the middle of a divorce right now. I'm estranged from my, my wife and, and my kids, and I'm broken. And he said, I, I don't think it's an accident that I met you today. And I said, I don't think it's an accident that I met you either. And I said, would it be okay if this Christian pastor prayed for you? Here I am praying for this Jewish man who's never stepped foot in a church in his life, praying that he would know that God loves him, praying that he would know that God sees him, that God's with him, that God's presence is with him. And, and I, gave him, I gave him my card. I must have had, I don't even know if I had a card. I gave him something and wrote my number on it. And we never stayed in touch. But I think the bigger blessing was for me that day, not him. 
because God showed me that was, a, that was one of those moments where God gave me faith to come to Westchester. It was a divine appointment. Now, here's the thing, guys. I wasn't out preaching on the corner. I didn't have my Bible in my hand. I didn't walk up to the sky and say, do you know where you're going to spend eternity one day? I was just, just hanging out, just meeting people, just talking to people about Westchester. I didn't have to force this guy open. It's the Holy Spirit's job to arrange divine appointments. Church, God wants to use you. He wants to arrange divine appointments all around you, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your home where people are open. And so let me end by reading this scripture over you one last time, and then we're going to pray. Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19. Look at this again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on, make this personal. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And then I love verse 19. I I saved this the best for last. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus said, I'm opening up a time of favor. It's not a time of condemnation. I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. One day I'm coming back as a judge, but now I've opened up a time of mercy and grace. Get in while you can get in. It's a season of favor. Church, the Holy Spirit is sending us out and he's anointing us to bring favor to broken and hurting people in every direction to declare the favor of God over broken and hurting people. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to use you to do if you're up for it, if you're open to it. So would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for you. The team's coming back. We're going to lead you in a final song. We'll have a few closing announcements. At the end of the service today, our prayer team's coming back to pray for you. They're going to be available to pray for you. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need to accept Jesus. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus before you know about Jesus. Maybe you've heard about him. Maybe you grew up in church, but you've never come to that place of saying, Jesus, I want to place my faith in you. Our team's here to pray with you. Maybe you need um, freedom from something, freedom from something in your life that's holding you back. Our team's here to pray with you today, to do just what we talked about today. Maybe you would say, I want the Holy Spirit to work through my life that way. Anybody with me? Like, I, want, I don't want to just hear about the Holy Spirit, know about the Holy Spirit. I want the presence of God working through me to, to touch other people's lives. Our team's going to be here to pray that for you when we dismiss you in just a few minutes. So just stick around, okay? Don't be in such a rush. We're going to pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for these past few weeks for what you've done in our hearts and our lives. We thank you for your spirit, for your presence. God, for how you want to work through us. And we just simply say, we're open to you, God. We're open to your Holy Spirit working in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.